As Pup said four years ago, you'd all jump back on the wagon by year four when Pete turned the dogs around. Pup and Steel, too, were the only two posters to stand by Peterson in years one and two. Ya Bates and the fire marshal came on board in years three and four. Pup said it would take four years, but Pete did it in three. Now dipshits like Yellow Snow, quote, knew it all along. You pathetic fuck. You jumped on Bama for a winter after burying Peterson his first four years. But year five is all about red petals. Time flies. But Pup doesn't forget. The dogs are a Rose Bowl team. All that matters. Purple sidelines and end zone. Pup has been saying that all along. Another one. Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know, I always make those interesting comments during the game. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. I will start, Willie, we'll start with you. The biggest winner of the year in your mind. And this is primarily, the, the answers to these things are primarily Husky football. But if you want to expand it to something within college football itself, that's just fine. So, so if I say biggest winner, you could pick a team, a person, uh, you know. So it's a kind of open, these are open-ended questions, but mostly focused on the Huskies. But biggest winner of the year for you. Okay. Uh, I would say the lunatic fringe, uh, you know. <laughs> it, it looked pretty dark early in the year when DeBoer was recruiting shitty and we didn't know we just hired a guy from Fresno State and we didn't know if Michael Penix was going to be healthy and Jen Cohen was cheating on the lunatic fringe and then you know all things considered things not only worked out very well but uh, the program was fun to watch uh, won 10 games beat Oregon uh, you know beat the Coug pretty easily uh beat Michigan State in an entertaining game that mattered at the time, is recruiting much better, and uh, to top it all off, did not hire Matt Campbell or Dave Aranda. <laughs> it's like <laughs> after, you know, as you've said many times, like five years of just a, an endless train of bad news for the old lunatic fringe, it's been good. And lastly, I will say, you said before we started you wanted to establish a pattern, uh, you know, with the podcast. And I would say I wanted to say the the only thing that I know a pattern is really important to is when they try to catch serial killers. So uh, I'm glad we're staying on <laughs> we're we're staying on uh, uh, you know we're staying on character on brand. Uh, I would make a, a piggyback bandit joke now or something, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the name of it, right? It is yeah. his real name is Sher, Sherwin 
Shahagan, uh, but his moniker is the Piggyback Bandit. And he's in Tennessee the last time I, I saw. Yeah, the old Piggyback Bandit. He's from Seattle. Incredible oh, I know story. that. You guys, there was some sort of uh, Cedro Woolley connection. You guys were talking about somebody. Had a, he, had a, he had a boner when he tackled one of your friends or something. Oh, he picked... <laughs> He piggybacked uh, my friend Johnny, and then he got a he had a boner, and it's all on videotape. Uh, oh my god! Let's go to the tape. <laughs> he won't put it online, but he's like, he knows some guy who's like a director. He tried to sell a documentary to Netflix. He's like, if we can get it on Netflix, uh, I'll allow it. But he won't just put it on like YouTube or something. Yeah, but. I don't know. Would wouldn't that be considered some some sort of child porn since you guys were in high school or something? That's true. You was definitely seventeen. Yeah. Need yeah. a judge's ruling. Okay. I I would uh, I, I would quit championing that that fucking video if I were you. <laughs> I had never even heard of it until you guys brought it up, which was interesting. Oh, oh yeah. It, it's a uh, it's an insane story. The Joey, uh, biggest uh, winner I, of the year. I, 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 well, the biggest winner of the year might be the piggyback bandit. He's a lot of <laughs> free pub, free pub. <laughs> Give him some free pubs, some serious free pub. Yeah, I, I, uh, I echo the echo the sentiments. I think the biggest winner of the year is is the. Uh, I mean, I'd say the fans overall. You know, it 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 uh in and the lunatic fringe. You know, we we got a kind of what we want. I think, uh, you know, we got a, uh, what appears right now to be a, you know, a, a unicorn coach, um, on the, on the surface. And then, uh, got a unicorn quarterback and the unicorn quarterback is coming back too. So it, it's, uh, the, the, the fans definitely, uh, Definitely won this year. This was a, this was a, I mean, this was a fun year just to be a, like a Seattle sports fan. The fun uh, fall, the last four or five months being a Seattle sports fan has been fun. I mean, you can watch the Seahawks game and just like, there's nothing, you know, everything exceeded your expectations. The Broncos suck ass, you know, so you can watch the Seahawks game every Sunday knowing that, you know, if you're both a Husky and a Seahawks fan, knowing that the Huskies won the night before, uh, you can watch the Seahawks game with house money and just be like, yeah, what, yeah, you know, everything, whatever happens today happens. It's all all good. Everything's a bonus. You know, they're they're in the playoff hunt. You had the you had the Mariners, all the Mariners stuff going on in the fall. I mean, it, everything was pretty pretty fun this year. Well, I want to point out something, though, that it was only about five or six weeks ago, I think it was after the Cal game, that we were on here lamenting the fact that this was not a fun team to watch. There was nothing really to get behind or identify with. And and we were we were very emphatic about how we were saying that. But then, starting with that Oregon State game, and then especially, of course, the Oregon game, and then I think Colorado was after that, and then Wazoo, 
those four games were a lot of fun, and it shifted the entire uh, tone of the season. So, and, and of course, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the uh, linchpin to it all was uh, the Oregon win, which was, was just such a just a delightful uh, surprise and all. But, but if you guys remember, after that Cal game, we were all sitting here thinking, wow, this is just not a very fun team to watch. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it started out like the first four games were fun. Yes. And there was like, there was like a rough patch. What would what it like? The Michigan State game was super fun because we all forget at the time, you know, Michigan State was a top 10 team. And we had to both, yeah. Yeah, we didn't know that they weren't good. And, you know, uh, all we knew is they were well rested and ranked 12th. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the Stanford game was, you know, a pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty entertaining and easy and you know they didn't beat how many times did they beat Stanford in the last 15 years you know so uh even if they suck you kind of you kind of put one in there and then yeah it was, what was it the UCLA ASU Arizona Cal game you know uh my favorite the yearly net uh narrative from another Husky website is getting to the bye week and it was a year where they needed to get to the bye week which in my constant gripes about the Pac-12 is uh, I don't the Pac-12 I don't know why has always gives the Huskies like the latest bye week every fucking year, uh, but yeah it was uh, the start let's just say the start and the finish were were, were very fun. And uh, for me the biggest winner of the year was uh, just the the Kalen DeBoer uh, Michael Penix connection them reuniting. And that was the spearhead to everything that we saw this year. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the move for Penix to come here and, and to reunite with his old offensive coordinator. And uh, uh, just, you know, we, we were, the three of us were sitting here back last January and I had just watched that YouTube video and stuff. And we were, I think all three of us were hopeful, but it certainly exceeded our expectations. Um, and just great. So the biggest loser of the year, and I hate to single out individual kids when they're between 18 and 21 years old. I'd have to say, though, probably ZTF was uh, kind of a letdown, didn't get what we thought we would get there. Um, And then I would also say the Cougar fans, because they're stuck with that Dickert guy, So there, there's my answer. What about you, Willie? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm I being serious. Really... I wasn't joking, but <laughs> no, I know. I, I was laughing. Uh, we have a family friend who's a, a big Husky fan, uh, and he's also super, super lib. And he was on speakerphone telling my dad about how he like was really liked Dicker and wrote him a letter or some shit when uh, <laughs> when they got rid of Rolovich and hired him because he was super lib and he was like, no, The amount of silence uh, my dad had in the line when he was saying that shit uh, was pretty, was pretty <laughs> hilarious. Because, uh, uh, yeah, it, and, yeah, like, I from all people I've, the, the few people I know who've, you know, follow the Cougars closer to me. They're they're very worried. Uh, 
basically their two criteria for hiring a guy apparent was getting the getting the jab and then uh, beating <laughs> the worst husky te- the worst husky team ever that had quit. Uh, it's pretty fucking low. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I it, there's I don't know if there's anyone in the husky the amazing the husky world that you know I could. I could say was the world the biggest loser of the year. Uh, I mean, Jimmy, because I mean, you, you got to know wherever Jimmy is and fucking, uh, you know, buried beneath the fifty yard line at Jets fucking stadium or where, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's so painfully obvious that you know it's probably in Cosmo, but yeah, he took a team. He had that team barely win four games. I mean. They usually could have only beaten Arkansas State last year, and this team, you know, went ten and two, and with the same exact guys. Uh, and you're like, "Fuck!" They also well, they we had Penix. True, true, true. Uh, yeah. I would. I mean, I guess you also got to consider Jimmy didn't bring in a real transfer quarterback last year when it was pain. Was really obvious that they needed to. Uh, but our, our defensive backs were much, 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 much better last year than this year. But sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and on top of that, uh, it's a reminder that, you know, he, uh, the defensive back sucked this year because he stopped recruiting defensive backs three years ago. And so when the two guys, the two last guys he fucking recruited, one of which was just from Everett, uh, so I don't know how hard he had to recruit him, uh, left, they were fucked. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a great answer for that, so I'm not going to. Uh, That's fine. I'm not going to. You know, keep talking about, but I would say Jimmy. I mean, you have to, he has to feel pretty shitty. I mean, uh, it's kind of like you never want your ex to date a guy better than you. You know, you never want someone to, you don't want to get fired at work and have them have someone have success. Uh, and he definitely, <laughs> he definitely got replaced and things went very well. Well, you know, when, um, when Rick Neuheisel uh, hoisted the Rose Bowl trophy aloft as champions, people like like uh, Sugar Sugar Love Puppy Steel gave uh, Lambo the credit. Yeah, I don't think. Here's the thing. I Jimmy I just needs a champion. Somebody's a champion. He does not in my deserve life. any fucking credit. There's, there's <laughs> <laughs> these are pretty there's much zero. Jimmy's players. But they're Peterson's players. They're not fucking Jimmy's players. Because there's also, like, a gap. There's, like, the guys who've been in the program for, like, three years or, or longer who are Peterson guys. And then there's, like, transfer in new guys. There's, uh, I was there's a trying to joke there. But, no, I know, I know. And it just made me think. If, you know, it did make me think, you know, every time there's been, like, you know, Lambo sucked, but he had a bunch of good guys in the program, and they kind of just needed to have fun, and so Neuheisel was perfect, you know. When uh, Sark took over, there was actually, somehow, there was actually some talent on that team. And then, you know, Peterson benefited really hugely from Sark having a bunch of guys that Peterson wouldn't have recruited. And I will honestly say, there, Jimmy did not bring in any fucking thing that helped out DeBoer. Uh, the guys who helped mm-hmm. him out were, were were Peterson guys. It's probably fair to say off the top of my head. I think I agree with you there. <laughs> uh, and Joey, do you have a thought? Biggest loser of the year? Yeah, I I I was starting to think. 
like a guy like um, Bookie Radley Hiles, who I think I had another year of mm. eligibility and left early and then didn't get drafted. I don't know where he's he, – uh, maybe he's playing for the Edmonton Elks or something. Hanging out with Eugene but, Burkhalter. Hanging out with, uh, as pointed out last night to me by Wooly Dude, playing with uh, Troy Dye, the great the great linebacker before for uh, Justin Flo, the great Troy Dye. <laughs> Do no, I stop after that after that Oregon <laughs> shitting right there? <laughs> to be fair, Dye, Troy Dye is still on the Vikings. I, I was inaccurate in that. There was uh, oh, you son of a bitch. Somebody else. <laughs> he'll Here, be in the CFL. <laughs> he'll be in the CFL very soon. But uh, it was some. Oh, it was uh, Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell is on the is in on that team. Oh, I kind of feel bad for him. Uh, yeah, truthfully, no, I actually, That's a lie. I, I, <laughs> I have some sort of admiration for Dylan Mitchell in some weird way. I've none for Troy Dye. Troy Dye fucking sucks, though. He'll be out. Of, he's He's has fifty three career tackles, so he'll be out soon. Yeah, I also, uh, I also kind of like, uh, I mean, the whole year I was watching this offense, and I was thinking, a second man, is this the offense that Sean McGrew could have? I mean, we've we've said it a few times, but mm. is this the offense where we could have used oh. a guy like Sean McGrew, you know? Ah, it would be perfect for man. him. I know, I know. And now he's, yeah, he was, I don't know what he's doing, selling insurance or mortgage consultant or who the hell knows now. But, I mean, geez. You talk it's about kinda, horrible kinda, timing. It's kind of disappointing, man. Yeah. And then, you know, and I have said it ad nauseum already in previous episodes, but when we did have him, we'd run him up the middle. The guy weighed uh, 135 pounds or whatever, and, oh, and uh, it was uh, it was just yep. That's one of those big uh, what could have been type of things. Not that he would have been uh, all league or anything, but all conference. But um, did he certainly else, could have done some things. Did anybody else leave early with the uh, with any eligibility left? Well, I guess McDuffie well, are, and Gordon, but but they exactly. landed on their feet. They yeah. landed on their feet pretty well. But I was thinking of anybody like anybody like uh, Bookie that Bookie would a, have been. He would have been very much needed this year. I mean, he um, yeah, and they might have gotten more out of him than what he produced last year. So you think about it. He went from Oklahoma to Washington, goes four and eight, and then leaves, and it's just like. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it was. Just, kind of, it was like, it was like. What, what info did you get? What info did you get that you thought you'd be drafted at, you know, high enough to come out or whatever? So, unless he just wanted to get the hell out of here, or maybe he was done with football in his mind or something. I have no idea, but uh, I don't know. But yeah, that, if a guy like that, you know, it's kind of like, oh man, if you if you just thought about your decision a little, just a little bit longer than, you know, might've worked out a little better for you. But so did he, um, cause I think he made that determination after DeBoer got hired, right? Cause DeBoer got hired pretty quickly. 
Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't remember. But I mean, if, uh, thinking about that now that you brought it up, I mean, biggest you know honorable mention biggest winner could be uh, Jackson Kirkland because I mean mm. he looked like he looked like a fucking undrafted free agent after last season and and uh, mm-hmm. looked a lot better this year. So mm-hmm. especially as the year wore on. Um, yeah. biggest breakthrough for me, it's unquestionably, uh, Jalen McMillan. And, uh, I've, I talked about it, I think just last week, I think, uh, or two weeks ago or whenever we potted, but, um, last, but, um, y- you know, we went from a guy that we were shaking our heads about last year because he wasn't, he looked like he was not even given full effort when he was running some route. Sometimes he wouldn't fight for the ball. He wouldn't fight to get in proper p- position bodily. And, uh, he did all that and more this year. He was just fantastic. Can't wait to see what next year holds for him. Willie quit yawning. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, that's Jalen McMillan. So, what about you, Willie? I mean, not. I won't cop out and say the whole team, and I won't. Uh, you know, McMillan's a very good, uh, a very good choice for the actual team. I mean, I'll go semi cop out and say Penix. You know, I mean, I think we all thought mm. he was going to be an upgrade, but I don't think anyone thought this good, and no one, I think, thought he was going to be healthy through the whole season. And based on what you had seen, I mean, I watched his tape, like, looked at his stats and stuff like that. Like, he seemed like, you know, he definitely had his moments, but I don't think anyone thought he was going to do what he did did this year. And I believe, which is funny, you also forget, uh, was it UCLA or ASU that he, he got hurt? I think at ASU he got hurt for, like, one play. Uh, we all forget Dylan, Dylan Morris came in and threw, like, 11-yard completion. Uh but I think it's Penix. I mean he really even with what he showed at Indiana, I don't think anyone had expected him to be as good as he was. Yep, agreed. Joey? Yeah, I would say uh Troy Falatanu. I think most of us knew that uh, most of us knew that uh this guy was good and had some you know some serious potential but uh, you started to see him on like, on like draft boards and and uh, you know, like Kuiper top ten lists and all that kind of shit for interior linemen. And I I thought like, oh, his his stock is going to move up and he, he'll be like a he'll be like an early second round pick if he comes out early and and he'll he'll be a guard in the NFL. But he was on. Uh, he was on the radio on Thursday, and he said he he didn't even want to wait for his whatever they call it the the CAC card or CCC something like that where they basically give him their their draft stock. He didn't even want to wait for it because it was taking too long, and he just wanted to focus on Texas. So that was pretty cool to cool to hear. Like he didn't he just wanted to play. He just wanted to get ready for the bowl game. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, Falatano looks like I, I mean, it's kind of a crime. He didn't, I don't think he got, he didn't get first team all Pac-12, did he? He got like 
maybe an honorable mention or something weird like that. Second right. team, maybe. I mean, he looks like I mean, he looks like the real deal out there. I mean, he had like he had like one. Uh, let's see. Wooly Duke's dad was bitching about it last night. It was, uh, I think it was the Arizona State game. He had a hold where it was a, basically a pancake block. And that was like, that was like his one bad penalty of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think my, my break. <clears throat> and, and, I mean, hard to argue with McMillan either. I mean, McMillan, McMillan finally got some toughness in him and, uh, looked like a looked like a hell of a fucking receiver this year. So, and and I I said this in a prior episode, but uh, I I I honestly thought he lacked the maturity to be able to do this, and um, and uh, obviously I was wrong. So, um, well, good for him. Look, oh man, oh, uh, super happy for him and. And like I said mm-hmm. a couple minutes ago, just really excited to see what what next year uh, brings, you know. So, um, yeah, it's really something. Um, biggest surprise, and for me, I'm just gonna say you guys might not agree with this at all, but it's just like Caleb Caleb uh, Williams for USC winning the uh, Heisman was just kind of like, huh? Okay. It did, not really a big deal one way or the other. The, the Heisman kind of lost lost some of its allure as far as I'm concerned, but was surprised that he won it. So, Wooly? Yeah, if we're going to stay uh, in the Husky you know, world for my biggest surprise, uh, you know, I don't – I mean, it's hard because so many things for me are like the overall – uh, so I could be like overall, like the board and the team of Penix being, you know, as good as they were, I would say if you kind of go into the bigger picture, I mean, Bo Nix actually being kind of good at Oregon, even as much as I think everything there just turns to gold, uh, it's pretty surprising because he fucking sucks. Uh, so I don't know how the hell that happened, but I think I would say to keep it the Huskies, and again, we didn't know that they sucked, but how badly they beat Michigan State uh, at the time was a gigantic surprise. I, I mm-hmm. and remembering being in the stadium and being like, "Holy shit! Like how? Like how is this happening? Like, uh, not only are they beating, you know, a highly ranked team, but they're beating them like, like they're beating like the Colorado or something for a lot of the games." So yeah, I think how at the time. Well, context it like at the time how how easily they won the Michigan State game. Mm, that's a good answer. Which to be to be fair, you know, Peters a Peterson team would have played a five seven Michigan State team and they would have won that game by like three points or something. Uh, like they would have won, <laughs> but they would even Michigan State was not good. They still would have it would have been a, a different game. And just the way that they made it like the 2016 Stanford game or like like they're playing like Colorado or something was pretty surprising. And uh, what about you, Joey? Yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say the biggest surprise for me is, is how, (laughs) how quickly the, uh, the defense just like turned from, you know, the last 
five or six years to all of a sudden where, you know, we're just expecting the other team to score a touchdown and, you know, and, uh, and, and then another surprise on top of that is, you know, at the end of the year when you, you kind of look at all the rankings and all the, all the numbers and all that, all the stats and stuff. And, and they're like a, they're like an average at best, but slightly below average defense, you know, across the board. And you're, you're like, man, defenses across college football must just suck so bad that this defense is, is an average defense. So, I, I mean, well, they, yeah, that above average. The way they, the English. way they, <laughs> the way they dropped off, it just, yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, it's like that's the the biggest surprise is how far it dropped off. But yeah, I guess we go back to losing uh, Gordon McDuffie and Bookie, and then having, not, you know, all the players that were that are still here do, you know, do nothing for you. So. Well, I don't remember who it was that posted those numbers a few weeks back, but I was like. Uh, Bill Murray at the beginning of Lost in Translation when he's in the in the uh, limo or whatever and he's going through Tokyo late at night and rubbing his eyes trying to discern what he's seeing. Um, it's like, how could we be third in, in all those categories in the conference defensively after what we've been through this year? So, um, But it is what it is. So, I mean, you look at USC and you look how, you know, they're 11 and 2, right? And, the, and their defense is shitty. They might be worse than ours. So, um, I, and as Reese Bannon it's, it's, points out, Alabama's got all those first round picks on their defense and they gave up, uh, there was at least a couple games where they gave up over 40. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you watch, uh, watch Utah. I mean, we're, we'll all be like, you know, thinking Utah's, you know, the good defense and they'll they'll have games where they're giving up a you know, a shit ton of points and yards too. It's I mean it's kind of across kind of across college football. Unless unless you have a team like I think Illinois was the best defense in the well, I think Illinois and Iowa had like the best defenses in the country or something, but you know, they were winning like twelve to nine games every week so <laughs> right uh, yeah i mean it, it's it's kind of that it's kind of that double-edged sword you, you know give up a good offense for shitty defense or something i mean yeah it's i don't know and so let's see here most concerning trend for me and this is going to be uh you know maybe a little bit of the old man shaking his fist at the cloud and telling the kids to get off his lawn. But <laughs> the bowl system, you know, we're saying every year it's getting worse and uh, or every couple, three years uh, we're moving further and further away from it. And maybe in time I will learn to love the playoff thing, but they're expanding to 12 next year, I think it is, right, or 2024, one or the other. And then um, you know that it's going to expand to 16 a year or two after that. And then if they can, they start doing all the uh, the calculations in terms of the revenue that can be brought in, they're going to expand it to 32, and it's just going to lose the whole, everything that I've always loved about the bowl season and how the season culminates and everything is just, it's going away. 
and that would be my uh, most concerning trend. So, Willie? Yeah, I think just the pass defense, uh, you know, I think especially because they're not going to change. They're not going to change the staff, and mm. I kind of feel like it's just like I don't have a lot of hope, and it's suddenly just getting better. Uh, so I think – I'm a little concerned that, you know, uh, in the long run, everyone's just going to have to get used to just having absolutely no defense. I would say specifically, in kind of like as you said earlier, maybe stats don't back it up, but uh, still being terrible on third and fourth down on defense, that was just so painful. And even game two yeah. one and stuff like that, we were like, oh, it's, uh, it's third and nine. Well, they're definitely not going to not give up a first down unless the quarterback just throws a terrible pass or the guy drops it, and that's pretty much it. Or if it's third and four, you know, there's no way that our team's not running for running for the conversion. Uh, I will say, you know, to completely uh, take back what I just said of, Late in some games, they did do a decent job, which I do feel like was better than the Peterson years of, like, they were able to, when it really counted, get some stops. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, there was, like, the Arizona game. That usually could have been, like, a shootout, like, where they, you know, won by three points, and whoever had the ball last won, they finally got some stops. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, the Apple Cup. Uh, You know, even Oregon, they, they had to... Uh, amputate Bo Nix's leg to do it, but they they got three stops basically to finish that game. So I'll uh, I'll dig out and, and you know polish my answer. And Joey, yeah, I'll kind of go with you, Derek, on concerning yeah. trend. It's it it well a lot a lot of it looks like uh, you know some of the big schools are are uh, and I was. Uh, talking to Willie Duke's friend about it last night is these big time schools are probably like, well, we'll just uh, we'll just go in, we'll tell uh, we'll tell Lincoln Kineholes like, hey, we're Ohio State, you know, what do you have, what do you have to sell me? Like, we have to sell you Ohio State. That's who we are. Like, we'll just take we'll take twenty five kids a year, ten stick it out, the other fifteen can leave and go somewhere else, and then we'll use. Uh, We'll use any team below us as a as a farm system, you know. I I think that's a I I just think that's a bad trend. But uh, it's, you know, it, I mean to be fair, the the Huskies will probably end up doing it too. You know that I think this second year. Well, wait, where did, did Perryman come from? Cal Poly or did he come from UC Davis? No, he might have come from Cal Poly too, right? Davis so this is the was second one of those two. Yeah. Yeah, so if that's the case, the second year in a row, you know, we've gone and we've taken a guy from Cal Poly, you know, and and uh, so, you know, some of these big schools are just going to start using, you know, FCS teams as like their, their farm teams, you know, and yes. I don't know. That just seems like a little like, I, I mean, I mean, recruiting's going to get is recruiting going to get lazier, you know, as far as high school kids or, you know, 
you know, coach is not going to spend as much time on that. Or maybe that's better for them, you know, health and men, men, mental wise. I don't, you know, getting lazier and just having other teams do it for them, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, it's not a whole lot different than what's already been done in the past, you know, that's, you know, Washington State offers a guy and then every other team goes, hey, what are they offering that guy for? What do they see? You know, so the, every other team in the conference offers that player or whatever. So I, I don't know. That that's I don't I, I don't like it where it's going, but, you know, I – and uh, – it, it, but it's something I, I guess we'll – we'll just have to either get used to it or, or just quit watching it. So I I know you're not going to quit watching it. I I know it's, it's it's, it's too hard. It's too hard of an addiction to stop. But yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be grumpy, get off my lawn guy at 40. So (laughs) I guess I'll just have to deal with it. But the one thing I'll say, though, is that um, to add on to what you're saying there is that it's kind of like it's kind of like some college teams now are going to be akin to being a fan of the Everett Aqua Sox, and then others will be like the Tacoma Rainiers, and then others will be like the Mariners or whatever. And, yeah, and uh, if, yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, that third baseman's got an eight-game hitting streak with four home runs and uh, – I really like what I see there. And then you come out a couple of days later and, oh, where'd he go? Oh, he got called up. And it's yeah. like they lose their continuity and, and they become just kind of a whore for the more successful teams. And um, I sit here today a little bit more comfortable and confident in the direction of Husky football because to hear that we outbid Ohio State, if that was true for for that loser quarterback, um you know, uh, we're we're making an effort. We're in the lane that Jen Cohen said we didn't want her in. Well, it's it's the whole so, like, uh, but I still don't like it for. Trend of, I'm sorry, I don't like it for college football huh. as a whole. Is what I'm trying to say. So go ahead. Yeah, and, and then there's there's that trend of just uh, you know, you got benched, and you just you, you'll just quit. You know. Uh, Super overhyped DJ ukulele at Clemson. You know he he just he just up and quits because he got benched. You know it's you know it makes you it makes you appreciate Jalen Hurts you know a lot more because mm. you know he he at least waited a year or whatever. He he still played for Bama for a year and then waited so he didn't have to sit out because he you know he got his I think he. You know, I think he graduated from Bama or whatever and then played at Oklahoma as a post-grad. So it makes you appreciate him a lot more, you know. And there was no guarantee. Like, that he... Fucking JT Daniels moving. He's on his fourth fucking team. Like, like wow. what a weird what a weird odyssey that, you know, that entitled dipshit's on. You know, I, don't know, I mean, that, that kind of shit is, uh, yeah, it's getting pretty – Getting pretty bad around college football. I I just saw that Slovis is going to BYU. So, oh wow, like, he's on his yeah, he's on his third, third team. team too. Like, like did he even get benched at West Virginia or no? <laughs> he was at he was at Pitt, right? I'm getting confused. I'm confusing myself now. I just knew I he went Slo- back east. 
Slovis was at Pitt and Daniels was at West Virginia. Right? I think. Yeah. So Slovis goes to BYU now. Like, like what the hell? You know? Yeah, well. And, and the one thing, too, and, and this could even be true for someone like a Michael Penix or a Jay Kaner or anybody else that's transferred. And, and I'm somebody, I you know, I, did, I didn't go to the University of Washington, um, but it's kind of like, what am I trying to say? As you get as you get further down the road in life, and then you look back, isn't there something to be said about that was your school and that was your roots and that's where you matriculated and played ball and everything? And then you get into a situation where, but there was two schools or even three schools or even with JT Daniels, four schools. And and, and again, maybe I'm hearkening uh, uh, back to the most concerning trend thing that I was talking about a minute ago when I was giving my answer, but it's just kind of like in all this in all this progressiveness, if that's the right word, in terms of the sport, you know, moving forward and the changes that are taking place and stuff, you, you kinda you you're losing the nuances of what made it great, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you you went to two or three schools, that's gonna be a very there might in the same way that, you know, Adam Carolla used to say that, um, what was that joke he had? It's like it used to be you would point out the people that had been in a porn video, but these days you have to point out those who haven't been in a porn video. You know what I'm saying? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. or that, or that, or that more people now have single parent homes than, uh, you know, it's like, oh, your parents are still together and you're 17 yeah. or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's gonna be, you stayed at one school your entire your your entire five years, really. You know, it might be like that ten years from now. So, or right, how about uh, yeah, how about this um, how about this trend of uh, you know, you got everything's an announcement now. Every, everything just has yeah. to be like this this Martin. this fucking <laughs> announcement. Like, hey, with that with that being said. Uh, I'm going to play Saturday in week eight. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Joey's announcement? He's going to play against Oregon State. And he thanked his grandma. Yeah, what what we do, with with that being said, I'll I'll be at your house around 6 o'clock tonight. (laughs) All glory to God. All glory to God. Well, hey, oh, my God, God, I just just thought of one since since I got the game on, uh, the game on. Okay, how about this? This uh, how about this concerning trend? There is a celebration after every fucking play in the NFL. There is a celebration. <laughs> it is it is a you know running back gets five yard line linebacker makes a routine tackle. They get up and they dance or they wiggle or do something stupid. It's like what? What? This is a routine play like. In, you know, we go back to baseball. Does the center field – will the center fielder, you know, when he when he catches a pot fly at the warning track, is he going to start, you know, doing a shimmy, you know? Uh, <laughs> is he going to start doing doing the gritty or something when he makes a routine can of corn catch? You know, I – oh, man, this it's it's getting irritating. Like, the first down, like, they got to point – they got to do the first down you know, signal every fucking time. Like, I want to just see football. 
I don't need you to, you know, get all jacked up over a first down all the time. Couldn't right, agree more. Old guy rant. Jeez. <sighs> but you know what? And it's just, I, I can't remember. What was the kid's name? I want to say Devin Bryant, but I don't know if that's right. But somebody posted the, the, the St. John Bosco kid on the, his, the video on the board. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like his dad or whatever is making a big deal out of the, okay, you're on the 50-yard line. Do you know why you're here? Because I'm informing you that the Long Beach Telegram has named you player of the century and all this. He's like, oh, cool, that's great. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, great. That's nice. Glad yeah. to hear it. You know, I love that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, still a little, still, still a little bit. They had, they had to make a video for. I, I don't. It's just. But, but that was his dad yeah. or whatever, whoever it was. You know, I mean, uh, I hear you. Right. I hear you there. I wouldn't do that if I had a kid. I wouldn't be doing that to him. Like, stand right there on the fifty yard line, son. You know. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> like, I, got, uh, I, I got, a, I got another one. These, uh, <laughs> these parents, these parents that are uh, allegedly you know, getting calls from coaches. So they're pimping out their kids for all these NIL, you know, taking the bag of money. Like they're using their kids as their fucking, uh, prostitutes, you know, prostituting their kids out. That's a bad, uh, that's just a bad, like mm -hmm. situation going on. I, I bet I, you I knew I would have been very good at it. I couldn't even imagine you know, I, I couldn't even imagine doing that with my with my child, but I just, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just weird, just a weird situation, you know, but that's, that's the, that's the social media world where, you, you know, your kids are your trophies now, you know, it's, it's fucking, uh, it's, a, it's a little creepy, so, yeah. We are acting like a couple of 80-year-olds on the porch. I'm a man. I'm 40. And and then Wooly's over there in the corner asleep. <laughs> hey, I'm awake. Uh, <laughs> no, then. Which maybe it was already existing just behind the scenes with the the dad thing. Uh, that kind of came to mind because there was that guy from uh, – a recruit from Texas who – put the organ hat on and he saw his mom like put her hand in her head uh, uh, her, her head in her hands and the dad is like has this huge smile <laughs> and he ended, the one who ended up signing with Oklahoma anyways but yeah it was just making me think of yeah there's just like I feel like there's this weird thing now where like the dads are really pimping out their, their sons uh, like specifically I was thinking of like Connor Lee I remember Connor Lee was like, oh, he's going to go to Michigan. And then you were like, oh, fine, he's going to go to Michigan. I mean, Michigan's a hard place not to want to go right now. And then suddenly one day it was just like, no, he's going to either Oregon or USC. And then people were like, his dad's like putting on social media. He's like in Eugene uh, like the weekend uh. before he committed. And everyone's like, he, like, it doesn't even seem like Connor Lee, like the, the kid is with him. And you like you know like the scumbag dad went down there and just like built Oregon out of money and then now the kids got to go to Oregon instead of probably just going to fucking Michigan. And I feel like 
uh, JT Tumalau's that was the thing too with JT Tumalau where like I feel like he ultimately went to Ohio State, but I feel like the dad was like was like getting Ohio State to pay more by threatening that he was going to go to Oregon. Uh, yeah, I just think that I don't love that. Uh, I feel like all the NIL done has done with like uh, uh, by being legal now is like now scumbag parents are like just pimping their kids out unapologetically because <laughs> they probably at least had to be like somewhat somewhat decent with it when you had to make it like secret if you were going to get paid. So let's see here. The most encouraging trend, and for me, I think back to early in the season, it was either after the Huskies beat Kent State or Portland State, and there was that video that took place after the game where I think it was Alex Cook and somebody else, they presented a game ball to Coach DeBoer, and guys were getting, like, uh, emotional, not in a bad way, but it was like... Um, I'm hearing my voice come back to me, so hopefully this is not... Uh... Anyways, um, there was a great deal of appreciation. You could tell there was a lot of appreciation in that room. And then you f- go forward throughout the course of the season, and you get to the end, and we beat Oregon, and then we a couple weeks later we beat Wazoo. And then you got all the, you know, Penix is coming back, and then all these other guys are coming back, and everyone seems very, very excited to be playing for these coaches playing together, having a, a, a mission that they're on. Uh, and you talk about an encouraging trend and such a 180 from where we were at a year ago. It's it's incredible. It was incredible because if you think back, we lost to the Cougs 40-13 to 13 at home, and the, the midget running back of theirs, you know, running around and their quarterback planting the flag on our logo. And, and uh, to think that, you know, we're in this kind of uh, – healthy situation now it's just uh it's really something and obviously a great trend Wooly. yeah i think kind of going off of that the guy of uh, players wanting to come back because uh, you know once the season ended you're kind of like oh man like uh there's like seven or eight players that could easily go to the nfl uh i don't think it, any of them I think part of it is, you know, none of them, I think, are first-round draft picks. But still, I mean, uh, the fact that we're waiting on Jess Odunze now, but all of those guys, at the worst, it's going to be all those guys and then not Odunze are all coming back is a great sign, I think, for the culture of the program and just, you know, expectations for next year. That's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. I thought at least one of those guys, the, the nice thing too is I thought Penix was 95% gone uh, and I thought they would lose someone. I thought Odunze was the only one for sure, but I feel like it's pretty hard to get out of, uh, you know, the, the early early entries without having someone who you're like, huh, that, that player doesn't need to leave and they leave uh, going out. But, you know, like even a year ago, we would be, the three of us would be sitting here and we'd be talking about how Penix is leaving for the NFL, Rosengarten is transferring to Oregon, uh, you know, uh, McMillan's going to the NFL, Odunze's going to the NFL. We'd be losing all these guys to different areas. And, yeah. um, well, they did a good job of keeping people, too. They did a good job of keeping all, you know, uh, 
they didn't lose, you know, all those guys who could have went to the NFL who announced they're coming back. I mean, they're also guys who easily could have just transferred. Uh, That's what I was getting at. Yeah, McMillan yeah. could be going to USC or something or whatever. Yeah, so I think we all kind of thought that was going to happen, and that not happening is pretty awesome. And it's kind of like, oh, there's an environment that you know you want to you want to play for and you want to be a part of and everything. So, and Joey, do you have a one something to add on that one? Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, Rosengarten because we could have easily we could have easily talked about him as being a breakthrough you know a breakthrough mm. player because I mean that was a that was <laughs> that was a great fucking year that guy had never never brought up his name you know except uh, I think he had a bullshit penalty against UCLA but uh, yeah I mean uh, most encouraging I mean the O line play. Up to the O line play and uh um mm-hmm. uh you know, I'd say I'd say just just uh the good trend moving upwards is uh Devin Culp is not uh it's not pissing you off as much. He's he's making <laughs> some uh he's making some good plays. He's still he's still capable of doing Devin Culp things, but he's uh He's making some good plays. There was a there was a big play. Uh, uh, well, not a big play as far as you know, like it was a third and long. But I think it was I think it was only like I think it was a first and ten. But uh, Penix throws to um, Penix throws to Culp uh, down the uh, down the sideline, and and uh, Culp makes a good you know he makes a good catch. It was uh, kind of a tough. It was kind of a tough catch and a, you know, probably throw was a little off and Devin Culp has to, you know, kind of be tight ropes it down the sideline. And he's, he's a little upset because he, he would have had like at least 10 more yards if it was just thrown right on the money. And, you know, he's led down the sideline and, and, uh, you know, I just recent, I just recently watched a little bit of that game again. So it was fresh in my head, you know, that, Oh, he's got some. He's got some competitive fire, and and mm-hmm. and he knew he knew he could have made a he knew he could have made a much better play on that. You know, if it was, you know, thrown a little better. But uh, yeah, I I just uh, and I, I was just watching it, thinking, no, he hasn't, he didn't piss us off as much as he did in years past. You know, he still had a couple, still had a couple drops that, you know. Fortunately, the offense is good enough where it didn't cost us. So, but uh, good, so, good on him, and good on the O line for trending upwards. Now, none of us here are calling Culp elite. Just want to be clear. But, uh, <laughs> but, gee, but uh, <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there. Um, okay, so we're coming down to the end of this here. So, most repulsive moment. For me, uh, it would have to be the Talapapa <clears throat> Penix fumble at the goal line against UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you. I knew you'd say Talapapa. <laughs> <laughs> that implies I'm anti Talapapa, and I'm not anti Talapapa. <laughs> uh, that's like Joy Behar. Uh, 
leading everything into Trump. <laughs> Derek leads everything into Telepapa. <laughs> All roads lead to Telepapa. <laughs> All roads lead to Telepapa. <laughs> no, it was a repulsive moment. And I put yeah. and I and I blame Grub more. Yeah, I blame Grub more than I blame Telepapa or Penix or. Mine would be, I think, it was the final drive against ASU uh, where they were going down the field, but then they fumbled the snap and lost, like, 40 yards or something, and then, oh, like, on third down, no. and the game was over. <laughs> well, they were actually moving the ball, and you're like, yeah, they should be able to score here and at least put it on, like, a two-point conversion or, uh, uh, you know, or go to overtime. But then, they, yeah, they fumbled the snap, and uh, I think – bigger picture of that, of knocking out the team's starting quarterback and then getting shredded by a walk-on, like, 5'11 uh, quarterback. Bigger bigger, bigger, uh, bigger story is, is that. But that specific play, that or DTR, like, I think it was Trice and one of the quarterbacks running into each other when he walked in for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that ASU game in the fourth quarter, and um, Dave Hoffman was in Italy at that moment, uh, and um, I think it was like early morning where he was at, and so I was texting him updates, almost not play-by-play, but about every three plays I would let him know what's going on uh, throughout the fourth quarter of the ASU game. And um, and then I, I was like, Huskies are driving, you know. <laughs> it was like... Are we going to make some sort of great last-minute gas victory here? And then, and then that snap uh, was it on the ground or was it over his head? I think it was on the ground, wasn't it? I think it was on the ground and it just rolled. Yeah, like it went behind him and it just rolled forever. So yeah, basically ended the game. I think it was third down, but then it became like fourth and forty or something ridiculous. Yeah, because I remember saying it's like fourth and forty-two now or whatever. And he goes, "Oh fuck it, thanks a lot, Rock, and talk to you later." And uh, so, anyways, that was pretty. Yeah, how that about was pretty the, uh, How about the interception off of Kirkland's helmet in the ASU game? Uh, I don't remember that. That was the pick six. Like Penix threw it, it hit Kirkland's helmet in the back of the head. And then it went straight oh. up in the air, and it went straight up in the air, and and you can just see the ASU player, you know, on the right side of your TV, and you're like, "Well, shit." <laughs> I was in the gone. other room, and I entered back in the room, and all I saw was the ASU player running across the goal line. So I never saw that. I never knew it hit his helmet. So. Yeah. Yeah, it went straight up in the air. It was. Uh, Locker up. A very repulsive, <laughs> repulsive moment. Yeah. Well, that was a zinger. You're supposed to get all defensive now, Joey. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna deny the flaws of the great Jake Jake Lochner. <laughs> I know. Usually, I I encroach on that territory, and you go, hey, 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 hey. Well, it's, I mean, uh, here I'll I'll give it up. It's more of a gimmick now that I got to. Oh. 
<laughs> you got to defend the three six zero or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Northwest League, man. Come on now. <laughs> the the um, brothers might be listening if if uh, if I'm shitting on Ferndale. <laughs> Or the piggyback bandit might be listening, and then what? Hey, he probably is. Probably (laughs) shout out. (laughs) If you can see a listener in Tennessee, that might be him. He might be checking in on that pub. But that kind of made me think of a side topic. I've been I haven't even mentioned anyone at all. Of it's kind of funny with Penix. It feels like even a good quarterback, like you feel like at least once a game or even more than once, like, they have, like, a dropped interception or they have, like, a play where you're like, ooh, that was, like, close to being an interception, but it wasn't. It, it's kind of weird. I feel like Penix either threw really good balls and then he would throw, like, one, like, mind-melting interception a game. He didn't ever have, like, did he have a dropped interception all season? I don't think he did, which is, like, it was hmm. weird. He threw, He threw some bad interceptions or he, like, completed passes. He never had once all year, I feel like, a pass that was like a an almost interception. It was, there was no in between is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't I don't recall any. And his interceptions were pretty much all he they never were like, oh it was like a jump ball or it was like uh you were like, oh he just like it was a good play by the defender. They were all only like Oh my God! How? Why did he throw that interception? Well, the one at the goal line at Oregon. Yeah, I mean, he had a bad out. one. That he had a bad one against bit. the Coug too. I mean, the one against Oregon should have lost the game. Uh, yes, and it normally would have in the last twenty years. Yeah, I. I mean, I assume people on the team would, you know, say that would not admit it, but I have to assume that they might have thought the game was over at that point too. Uh, it was, that was bad. And he threw a really bad one against the Cougs too. It just kind of got forgotten because that game was not as close, but he threw one right. deep in the red zone when, you know, I can't remember how much they were ahead by, but it kind of felt like that was going to, it was totally unnecessary. It was the same thing. It was like first down, I feel like. And, he just threw like a mind melting interception at a point where I feel like too, if they just like they get a touchdown there, like the game is over. But against Oregon, fortunately for us, Dan Lanning decided to go for it on fourth and three from his own 32 or whatever. I still well, can't believe that. I mean, uh, Hey, they were playing to win. As much as, like, that's the thing for me with Penix, too, is I think I've mentioned it before, like, he doesn't leave plays on the table. So you kind of just got to be like, all right, like, I I kind of hate it. Well, fourth and three what? on your own 32 is idiotic. <laughs> you punt the football. Oh, yeah. If you want me to shit on Dan Lanning, I will shit all over <laughs> Dan Lanning. Like, fucking, that guy's a... All that was was the hubris that exists there of, like, that program where it's just like shit that doesn't make sense working out. And I think he just thought, cause they did that against UCLA. I think at times where they were like kicked an onside kick in the middle of the game, they were going for it on fourth down and just kept getting it where it's like finally blew up in his face of like, Oh yeah. Just because 
you're at Oregon doesn't mean things just work out for you just because. Uh, yeah, so uh, if it's fourth I'm and very, one, uh, maybe fourth and three, no uh, way. Well, I mean, also the Husky one with, with the backup quarterback was just so ridiculous too. But I mean, I think it was also. Uh, oh also, yeah, good point. Doing it against the Huskies and Beavers, he also did it because he knew his defense, and I say his defense because he's a fucking defensive coach, and their defense is like the worst in the country. Uh, his defense, he knew they couldn't stop. Uh, they couldn't stop the Husky or Beaver offense, which the Beaver one's almost funnier because how many, like they ran the ball like thirty-eight times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was going to add one more point to that, but what was it? Um, hmm. Well, anyways, it had something to do with the fact that in the last 20 years, though, that would have cost us the game, and yet it didn't. That that horrible interception at the goal line against Oregon. So, um, and I was, um, I uh, I had uh, lunch with uh, Bays yesterday, and he was saying that he you know he didn't you know he didn't watch really any of the games this year. No surprise, but that he um, that he that uh, he watched several times the clip of that throw to the sideline, up the sideline from Penix to uh, Polk that went for about seventy yards for a touchdown, and um, just the. Uh, just a laser beam and the confidence that Penix had to throw that ball in the first place when it was good coverage. It was like something out of a video game. It was incredible. So most joyful are moment. You that uh, you know, the, that, are you saying that for jo- most joyful moment or I wasn't intending to, but that's going to be my answer oh. right there. I, that was one of the great moments of the year that throw to Polk and then running up, staying in bounds and then running up the sideline for the touchdown. It was amazing. Just a year ago, we couldn't even, you know, what, I don't even know what we would do. We were doing for yards. It seems like total yards. We were probably 260 a game or something. I mean, it was so bad. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Husky football traditionally is not this big seventy, you know, seventy yard chunks of offense, you know. So that was that was you know, or, or when the final seconds ran off the clock, and and I realized we were going to beat Oregon down there when I thought it was impossible, and I had publicly taunted both of you guys, or taunted is the wrong word, <laughs> but I had publicly gotten after you guys for being idiots, <laughs> and then you guys ended up being right, so. That that was that was that was just fantastic. That was so good. Yeah, I would go with. Well, the <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Wooly. Oh, I would just go. Yeah, final seconds as opposed to just that play because, like, I mean, it it kind of happened in that game where you're like, you're still like, there's no way something's not going to happen for Oregon to win this game. Right. And, but it was <laughs> it went down to the very final play, including. I think they got an extra play because they faked an injury. Uh, and yeah. It was just so stressful, too, because, like, when they knocked out Knicks, you're like, oh, he's done. And then he somehow is, like, he looks like he's, like, broken. And then he's back in, like, four plays later. You're like, huh? How does that How does that happen? And you're like, fuck. Like, yeah. Prosthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, 
that moment of like, okay, yeah, something finally worked out. It's not going to like, uh, there's not going to be like an extra play they're going to give them or a penalty that like keeps it going. You're like, it, it's actually over. And and that fourth down effort they had was horrible. It was almost like you're expecting this long rainbow into the end zone, you know? Well, he had lost his leg, so he uh Yeah, he <laughs> lost his leg. I mean Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Joey? Yeah, I it's look, it's hard to argue with, with all those, uh so I'll just I'll just keep it in the same game and you know, Peyton Henry making that making that big kick. Mm, I mean, oh good good to mention him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's that that whole game was uh that I hate I hate the fact that I have to sit there and, and uh you know, give that fucking uh shit ass program, you know, the time of day on you know, making it a big deal that we beat them. but you know, it's you know, it's just it's it's always nice when I'm right ninety percent of the time. Which can go to a concerning trend that no one no one ever believes me, and uh, I end up being uh, right what, more than eighty one percent of the time. I must say. <laughs> and late in the first half, Kansas City leads the Seahawks seventeen to nothing. And according to a tweet here, the Seahawks the Seahawks do not have a first down and have eighteen yards of offense with two minutes to go in the first half. No, they got a first down the last drive they were on. So, well, according to Eric uh, Williams here, he tweeted that they do not have a first down. Okay. Uh, well, they just got one right now. So. And uh, so, anyways, uh, it, it, it will. And then uh, for our listeners out there, um, Joey Dangerously second annual all fake tough guy team will be announced next week. So uh tune in for that. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we call it a day? Predictions on the Alamo Bowl? Stark relapses. <laughs> <laughs> what will Sark be wearing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he could have something a little creative. Well, national TV, I his mean, wife's going to want him souped up. I, 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 I have a hard time seeing the Huskies lose this game. I mean, to be quite honest with you, hmm. I, I think it's a good matchup for the Huskies. So do I, but uh, you know. Everything we, I've we heard have. is that is that Texas uh, every time they, they they haven't really faced like a real passing threat. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's a good matchup for the Huskies. It's not a mobile quarterback as we discussed, you know, a week ago. Um, joyfully, yeah. Joyfully, you know, and and what is, what does that Quinn Ewers think? Now they they've got Arch Manning. Arch Manning has to play next year. He's going to start oh, yeah. one. Absolutely. So, so are they just paying like like I wonder if I wonder if that guy said uh, you know I want to I want to enter the portal and I wonder if he'll end up in Fresno. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, but <laughs> I wonder if somebody just forked over like a million dollars, you know, and 
said, just just play in this one game, and you know, then you can leave, then you can bolt. Um, because whatever whatever Arch Manning is doing, he's going to have to play. So, even though Road Dog has given us his assurance that he's going to suck, <laughs> so. <laughs> And and, and I, you know, the odds are he's not going to live up to the name, but you know. But I, I don't seen either. Him play. I, 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 I have I not agree. seen him play. So Pet, Petro said on the radio the other day, if his last name was wasn't Manning, he would be just a no name, no name player. And and mm. uh, he's talked to people that said the competition he's playing against is not not the greatest and. You know, some pretty interesting stuff, and you know, it, it is it is kind of funny. He's been anointed for a couple of years as you know the the second coming of Christ, and and yet, do you see any highlights of him on? Do they show anything on ESPN? You know, mm. like when LeBron, like when LeBron James was when LeBron, we knew who LeBron James was, and we saw highlights of him on ESPN because we knew he was going to be the first pick, you know, of the NBA draft. Like they would yes. show him on ESPN. Like you could, you could picture him right now. You could picture him playing in his high school uniform, which was like a, like a green gold and black or whatever. You know, I, I can, I can picture him right now playing in his, you know, his Bishop, whatever, whatever his the school he played for. I, I can see, I can envision it in my head, seeing enough highlights of LeBron James in high school. Mm-hmm. But ne- never, never see Arch Manning. I, I don't remember. I don't remember uh, looking at ESPN. They may have shown one game that he played in, but I, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing, uh, you know, any team from Louisiana playing on ESPN high school football or anything. Mm, absolutely right. And by the way, two words: Kyle Bowler. <laughs> Remember him? Well, he, well, he somehow managed to be a first-round pick, but uh, was he really? Yeah, he was like, I he was like twenty-second overall or something. It was, uh, well. And, yeah, but yeah, but well, still. Yeah, yeah but still, it, it, it's it's funny. Even though uh, was he really? Even though, yeah, he was a first round. Ravens took him. I'll be round. damned! I thought he I thought he just kind of petered out at Cal because they were calling him Jesus in cleats when he got. Uh, I don't remember him being that good at Cal. He wasn't. I I think even when uh, when he got drafted, Mel Kiper even called him overrated and. Well, and you you could still say like, well, yeah, Mel, that's kind of on you too. But uh, okay, so he was the Jake Locker of that generation then. <laughs> zing zing zing. <laughs> zing zing. No. Uh, okay, well, I, I yeah, I'm Arch, wrong though. I Arch mean, Manning could be he could be Josh Rosen or uh, who's the fucking guy? From, uh, who's the guy from Penn State? Who's the guy from Penn State? Um, Hackenberg. Oh yeah. 
Hackenberg somehow somehow was a second round pick still, but uh, out of the NFL within two years, I think. So, yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up? I think I think Willie's asleep. Yeah, Hackenberg. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I guess all of us, uh, Willie, are you you're picking Washington as well? Yeah, I'm not overly confident, but yes, I am. That's exactly how I feel. I'm not o- overly confident at all. Um, but I'm thinking 38, 35, something like that. Yeah, uh, well, we're gonna. I'm right. You'll see. We'll fall behind seven to nothing because Sark will drive him 80 yards in seven plays to start the game, and we're gonna be going, oh shit. And then uh, the old Sark stuff will start up. Freedom so. Bowl 2.0. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, we'll talk a week from now. And, um, and uh, oh, I was going to say, too, that um, sometime in January, you guys already know this, of course, but so, to our listeners, sometime in January, um, we'll be doing the anti-Oregon breakdown on the podcast, and Hay will be joining us from the boards. <laughs> So that'll be an interesting uh, time. <laughs> Can't wait. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys later. Happy or Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Happy Merry Christmas. Hackenberg. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Festivus. Get your poll, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber... Peyote. Peyote. Come join Swain's Wigwarm. I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. I'll have to read that one, but... <laughs>